Amazing Grace. Uh, you know, I... I Give me number six. Just not 666. Thank you, Chuck. Okay, I've been changed out. I've got a group of intercessors. Right? They travel with me everywhere. Uh, I'll be in uh, we'll be California in a couple months uh, doing a Holy Spirit conference, and the intercessors will go with me. Because I've learned that uh, it's powerful when you have intercessors. I've always had them. Even when I was preaching, I'd, I'd have five or six in a back room praying and getting words of knowledge on who has what and who needs what. And it was just a blessing. I was out with a guest speaker after a Sunday night and uh, after a Sunday morning, and we were uh, eating out at this restaurant, and this man walked over to my table and said, Pastor Williams, could I talk to you for a moment? He had a Mexican-Spanish uh, accent. And I said, I said, what is it? And he says, my name is Raban. And he said, I lived in Mexico. I was a member of some sort of a fetish cult. It was satanic, whatever it was. And he said, uh, I, I was able to come to America, and I, I bought a house. And then I heard that your church in this town was planting a church in Mexico City that was going to plant churches all over Mexico. And that you were investing a lot of money. So I came over to your church. And he said, I got on the berm and I started putting curses on your church. He said, I was cursing your church. I was praying that all day long until that your church was going to burn down. And it, he said something like, you know, we would say, well, I prayed through he said, and then I felt that it was going to happen, and I stopped. And he said, I went home, and my, my road was blocked off because there were fire engines down there. And he said, when I got down there, my house had burned to the ground. And he said, I knew then that there was a greater power that, in your God than there was in my God. And he said, I came to your church he said, I gave my life to Jesus, and that very next week, he got baptized in water, and he was telling me about it. And I said, thank God for intercessors doing warfare in the background so we can enjoy the, the fruit out here. Thank you, Pastor Jolla, for having me. I think you're just one of the, the greatest. I, and to find out that we know so many people together, you know, I didn't know you knew Pastor Kokenauer. He knows your dad. I, I tease Pastor Kokenauer because I said, Pastor Kokenauer, how come you're the only one that Kenneth Copeland will advertise? I never said a bad word about him and he won't advertise Mount Hope, but he advertises House of Prayer. He loves your dad. And this is Caleb. And this is Sarah. Sarah is, is our office manager now, and she's brought me some, some uh, special things. Yeah, would you hold them? Pastors have been writing me. I, I started writing this book. I had a contract for three books with Charisma, and uh, they, they didn't want to do this second one. They did hope in the last days. Am I, am I got to stay up here? Uh, I 
can't walk out among the folks. But anyway, uh, we've got a table out there, and we've got some real specials. We've got this filled book. If you know somebody that's not filled with the Holy Spirit, get them this filled book because it tells about my struggle of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And everybody I know that reads this gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Believe, honestly, this is the, the weirdest things happen to me, and people don't believe it, but I, we're sitting on a, a people mover in Detroit, and this bright young guy is sitting right next to us. And he's just talking, and he said, uh, I said, what are you so happy about? He said, oh, man, he said, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, what? He said, yeah, I read this book by a guy named Dave Williams called Phil. Of all people to sit next to me. And I, I said, after he talked and talked, I let him testify. I didn't say much. He, I said, what's your name? He said, Jason, what's your name? I said, I'm Dave Williams. And he said, oh, good. <laughs> it was that book he read, filled. And then this is one about gifts that shape your life and change your world about gifts of the Spirit. And I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit today. Faith goals we've got out there. And this is, uh, this is a mini book on the one that I was writing that Charisma didn't want to, <laughs> they didn't want to touch. But do you know there's a big yoga craze in the church? They've got holy yoga, Yahweh yoga, and they've got about 27 different names for this Christian yoga. And yoga was big in Germany right before they got Adolf Hitler. It seemed to be opening demonic portals over the nation. And they tried to get into our church. They tried to get into Gilead Healing Center. And thank God we've got people with good discernment because discernment is your lifeline today. And, and so I wrote this book called Yoga Craze in the Last Days. It's like 260 pages. I've got 200 30 citations in it if you want to check out uh, what I said. But that, that book has taken uh, a long time to get out. And pastors have been calling me saying, could you put together something small I can give to, the, to my church? Because one pastor in Grand Rapids called and said, there's a church in Grand Rapids that's been blown up by holy yoga. I said, I know what you're talking about. And he said, is there anything you could put together, something small that I can give out to my congregation? So we put this one together. This is an on-demand printing. It's, it's not a regular published, well, it's published, but it's, you know, we can get as many as we want. So uh, that's available out there if you're interested, if you know somebody that's getting involved in, in yoga. Then it downloads. Everything is on sale out there. Uh, Sarah and Caleb can... Uh, can help you if you go out to the table. Well, let's stand and hold our Bibles up. If you got your Bible, say this with me. I believe the Bible. It is God's Word, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I believe that book. It shows me the way to heaven through faith in Jesus Christ alone. The book is filled with treasures, promises, and assets that belong to me by faith. Today, faith will come, my faith will grow, and I will release my faith for miracles in my life. I declare the devil bound, unable to pluck up the seed that's planted in my heart this day. 
God, open the eyes of my understanding. Give me ears to hear what your spirit is saying and a heart to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thanks again for having me back. And, and Mary Jo, my wife down here, back at Amazing Grace Church. This is this is this has got to be one of America's best kept secrets. A church in a cornfield that is one of the premier churches in all of Michigan. You know, you're blessed to be a part of this church. I'll tell you why. And I'm I'm really not gonna preach a sermon today. I'm gonna give you a few things that have to help you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But God clearly instructed me to bring an impartation to you today. You're going to get something you wouldn't have got if you hadn't come today. But I want to ask you a question. Do you realize what you have here in Wheeler, Michigan? No matter where you're from, you come to Wheeler, to Amazing Grace Church, you have a pastor that is apostolic. Do you know what that means? You know, the, the whole theme of the church is empowering believers. Pastor Jolf doesn't sit up here as a pope and do everything. He talks about you doing the stuff, you doing the works. The greater works shall you do. That's apostolic. You know, a pastor could come out and teach it. Today I'm going to be talking to you on how to get over your depression by the Lord. Pastor Jolliffe wants you to be the one out there getting people delivered from the spirit of depression. And you know, the church can grow to an unlimited level when everybody realizes they're ministers. Whether you're in the marketplace or whatever you do, you're a minister. Number two, you have a pastor and a church that is prophetic. What do I mean prophetic? You know, a funny thing, I heard him say, I heard Pastor Jolliffe say, everybody, I hear people say, David Wilkerson said this and David Wilkerson said that. And then I try to find where David Wilkerson said it find out he didn't say it. It might have been me that said it and they got us mixed up because <laughs> this is the truth. I got a call. Mary Jo and I got a call at the last minute. David Wilkerson was doing a minister's conference up north and they called me and said he can't make it. His grandson was taken to the hospital so can you fill in for David Wilkerson? I griped all the way up. I said, Hi, people are expecting David Wilkerson and all they're getting is David Williams. Finally, Mary Jo, my spiritual wife, pointed her finger at me, said, in the name of Jesus, you shut up. Well, everything turned out all right, and I asked the, the designers, the, the people that invited me, why did you invite me to fill in for David Wilkerson? We're totally different. And he said, well, we'd already printed up the... The, the audio covers, and it, it's easier to change Ilkerson into Illiams. We can leave everything else the way it is. So, so that's, that's my story. And I listened to um, 
Pastor Jolliffe's message about the year 2022, his vision for this year, the scripture God gave him in Exodus 34.10. And as I was praying for your church, two words came to me. Great expansion. Great expansion. I really believe that. And that's for your family. And what I'm going to talk to you about in the next several minutes, not a whole lot of minutes because we don't have a lot of minutes, but somebody told me where the clock, oh, there it is, okay. I have 32 minutes and 21 seconds. And let me, let me tell you the third thing about Amazing Grace Church and your pastor. You have a pastor in a church that's faith-based. Faith is the substance of things you hope for. And when you don't yet see them, God allows you to use faith as your evidence that they're on the way. So today is about you, and you've got the perfect combination here for an overflowing harvest in these exciting days. Now, in Bonita, Louisiana, I found out there's a church that's named the Holy Ghost Disturbed Church. Honestly, go, go to your search engine and look up Holy Ghost Disturbed Church and you'll even see pictures of the sign. That's the name of the church. It's pastored by Apostle Alflian Robinson. Now, I don't know if the Holy Ghost is disturbed with that church or if that church is disturbed by the Holy Spirit. But I know this, some of us need to get a little more disturbed in the Holy Spirit. Now, the scriptures say in Romans 8:14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons, the children of God. That word sons in the, in the Greek is huios, and I don't understand Greek, I have to look it up in Strong's, but huios, huios is different than technon. Technon is by birth, you're a son. Huyos is not only by birth, but it's by your character, your actions. You talk like father. You begin to act like father. You begin to think like father. You take on the character of father. That is when you're led by the Spirit of God. And I've noticed something throughout the Bible. Every miracle was preceded by a word of instruction. Stretch forth your rod over the river. You know, put your foot in the river. Stretch forth your hand. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Take up your bed and walk. That's a word of instruction. The Holy Spirit is always giving us words of instruction. Now, Pastor Jolliffe said, in his vision for 2022 that there's going to be well basically I don't know if he used the words I use that I believe will give a great expansion but he talked about the blessings the harvests that are coming to you to your family this church, this community and one of them was financial I, I was coming unglued hearing that and here's the reason why 
you know, uh, 12 years ago, uh, I was on my boat, and I dropped anchor. I just go out to this little island on our lake. I call it Prayer Island, because that's where I go pray. I dropped the anchor, and I'm sitting there with nothing but my Bible and a piece of paper and a pen and a loaf of bread. The reason I have a loaf of bread is I feed the swans. And I know people always tell me, now you shouldn't give them bread. Bread's bad for their digestive system. That's all they'll eat. I'll go buy them some tongues. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there worshiping the Lord. And suddenly the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And it couldn't have been more clear if Jesus had walked out on the water and stood right next to my boat and started talking to me. When I hear from God, it's not always that clear. Sometimes it's a, just a witness in your spirit. But I heard these words, David, will you help me raise up 52 new millionaires in the church? I never wanted to be one of those money preachers. God showed me there's 20 people in here that are going to give $10,000 and I'm going to give you my miracle shower cap with a picture of my hand on the top of it. I just, I couldn't see myself doing it. It was not me. And, and the Holy Spirit never adjusted to me. Again, David, will you help me raise up 52 new millionaires in the church? I spoke. I said, I'd that won't go over in my denomination. I thought maybe the Holy Spirit would let me off the hook. David, and, and no anger in the voice. David, will you help me raise up 52 new millionaires in the church? And finally, I said, I don't know how. And he said, throw over a piece of bread. And I'm all alone. Nobody's with me. And this is the truth, Mary Jo will vouch for this. We had been on that lake for eight years and never once saw a seagull. Not once. We saw sparrows, mockingbirds, robins, and doves. Never saw a seagull. So I said, okay, I threw a piece of bread over and birds appeared seemingly nowhere. I don't know how many there were. I couldn't count them, but they were all going for that bread. And they were seagulls. And they were flying over me, and I thought, oh, there were probably 52. I couldn't count them, but I got... You know how you make a commitment and you don't know how? I found it's always good to commit to the what when God gives you a what. They that are led by the Spirit are huios, productive sons and daughters of God. They take on the character of Father. They act like Father, talk like Father, think like Father. And so I said, I will do it. Because I felt like he was saying, look, I'll show you how. I sped back to our dock parked the boat, got in my car, and drove an hour and ten minutes home. I wasn't going to stay at the lake because now I didn't know what to do. 
how, how, and it, all these gears are going through my, how do you do that, how do you do it? how do you do it? I don't want to be a money preacher, how do you do that? I told Mary Jo, and she said, will you take me down there? So an hour and 10 minutes back, we go, she said, show me the spot. So I took her out, Prayer Island's off to the left, and we're in the boat. I stopped and anchored, and she said, it feels so holy here. She would know. I don't know if some places are holier than others, or if maybe something opened up a heavenly portal over that spot just for a short season. I don't know. But we got there, and she said, give me a piece of bread. She threw a piece of bread out the starboard side. Nothing. She threw a piece of bread out the forward side. Nothing. She threw a piece of bread out the port side. Nothing. And then had the urge to throw a piece out the backside. So out the backside of the boat, I threw a piece of bread, and suddenly the birds appeared. 11, 14, 12, 13, 50 birds. And then I looked on the side of the boat, and there were two swans sitting there, 52 birds. And then I knew I had to do it, but I didn't know. It took a year. And I started trying to find out who the marketplace millionaires were in the church. And I never check up on things like that. I just wanted to see what people's tithes were. And we got John O'Leary for people. He owns the O'Leary Paint Company, manufactures, sales. They have stores everywhere. He's got to be a millionaire. But I was scared to ask him. Finally, I, I got these about eight millionaires together met with them and said, look, here's what happened. And I said, will you help and be mentors as we help God? And then, you know, there are some people, well, God doesn't need your help. God works with us, confirming his word with signs following. He works with us and he works with you. He works with you, your family. To bring about, as Pastor Jolliffe talked in November on the 2022 vision, marvels, wonders, and notable miracles. And that's what God has designed for this church. So in 2000, that was in 2000, what did I say it was, 2008, something like that. The next year we were ready to go. We said we're going to charge people $1,900. No, 1000 $1,119. But anybody that's a member of any of our churches where I've ever preached, any of our daughter churches, we'll give them $1,000 off so it's only $119. We had 300 sign up. 2009, right after the 2008 crash and we had teaching we had cohort groups meeting together to, to flesh out what they had learned in the teaching we taught it theologically psychologically and then
practically. Psychologically, it's what you think, what you speak. And, and so you've got to get that right, as well as the theology of wealth right. You've got to understand what God says about it. And then there's practical actions. You've got to take action. And so we had people that had taken action, whether it be in the business world, real estate, uh, equities, you know, stock market, whatever, that had become millionaires that could be mentors to the, these young people. Well, okay, bottom line. From, from, that, from that class, that, we call it club, Club 52, already 34 people, many of them that had negative net assets are today millionaires strongly connected with the Great Commission. 34 have reported in going over a million in net assets. And one that really shocked me, and I didn't know, he gave his testimony at the last Club 52 that we did. And uh, his name is uh, Matt Anderson. Somehow he scraped up enough money to come to the first Club 52. He was living out of his car. He was homeless. He had just, just gotten saved. And he started coming to Club 52. And I, I kept telling them, you've got to stay connected to the Great Commission. You got it with tithes, offerings, first fruits, uh, uh, faith promises, and, and alms. I don't say alms is a seed. Alms is a loan to the Lord. But you've got to stay connected. So he signed up for missions trips that he didn't have a penny to go on. He knew the what, but he didn't know the how. But by time it came, by the time it came when, the, when he needed the money, it was there and he went. He, he went on 40 missions trips. And today I can tell you I'm so proud. He, his assets are now $35 million. Now, do you, can God do that again? Of course he can. When they told me we had given over $40 million to missions that you mentioned, Pastor, I, I didn't believe it because I, I just, I'm always on to the next thing. I don't take too much. And so I had a CPA. I said, tell me the truth. Go over our books and tell me. And he came back with his assessment. He said, Pastor, he said, it, it, was, it was over $40 million. I said, I'm satisfied then. We can say that. But God had to do that. We were just a bunch. I was a flunky. I didn't know what I was doing when I started. I had, I had to have the Holy Spirit. I didn't know how to be a pastor. I had the wrong training. I had no training to be a pastor. And I remember, you know, I, I worked at the Board of Water and Light. I worked at the power company. And I'd walk to work in the morning and I'd, preach to squirrels. I said, preach to every creature. And I'd say, and I, all I could hear, I bought, I bought a record by Rex Humbard, and it was called, You Can Get What You Want, But You May Not Want What You're Going to Get If You Leave God Out. And so I'd be preaching, I'd see a squirrel, you can get what you want, but you may not want what you get if you leave God out. And I practiced preaching. I, but I didn't know what God had called me to do. And I remember it was 1977. I, I 
we all carried those army green living Bibles back then. We were, we, we were hippies. Army green living Bible. And I read something in James 1, verses 5 through 8. If you want to know what the Lord wants you to do, ask him. And really expect that he's going to answer you and tell you. Because I don't know how, how it reads in the living. I could look at my notes, but you get it, the picture. The double-minded person can expect nothing of the Lord, nothing. And so I said, Lord, I'm going to get down on this carpet in my little bachelor living room, and I'm going to pray until you tell me what you want me to do. I got down there, and I prayed. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I had finally been filled with the Holy Spirit. I prayed in the Spirit. And I said, I'm not going to stop until you tell me. I'm praying and praying and praying. All of a sudden, it was like he said, get quiet. I got real quiet, and something bubbled up on the inside of me. This was the first time something like this happened to me. David, I have called you to speak my word. Now speak it faithfully. The prophet that has a dream, let him tell his dream. You have my word. You speak my word. What is the chaff to the wheat? That was it. And it was something right out of Je Jeremiah that I didn't even know I had once read. The Holy Spirit was, was anointing that verse. He put my name in, David. I never doubted my call since that day that I'm called to speak God's word and to speak it faithfully. The sons of God and daughters of God are the huyos, the productive ones, the ones that are going to be used by God in marvels, wonders, and notable miracles are those who are led by the Spirit of God. Now, there is such a thing as impartation. We did it for Pastor Kokenauer, what was it, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the, the whole, he, he, he did something unique. He ran my whole class, uh, the Art of Pace and Leadership. And he asked me if, it's, it's on video, but he asked me, could I teach it myself, but use your, your manuals? I said, of course, it's even better that way. So Caleb taught. Oh, Caleb was wonderful. His sister Laura taught. Holly taught. Dave, his dad taught. And it was just, I mean, people were excited. And when I came for the impartation, I talked to them. And was that a night or was that a night? That was just, it was like something out of the book of Acts. Wow. Now, what happened to me is 1987, we built this 3,000-seat church. And the critics were saying, we don't need that big of a place. 1,200 would be fine, because when we started making plans, we were only up to 750 people. Well, when we finally opened up, the first, first Sunday, 2,800 people. I had to go to two services almost immediately. You know what? When you follow the Lord's instructions, now, I'm not going to say you're not going to face some opposition. I'm not going to say the devil's not going to try to prevent you from making any kind of spiritual progress. 
because that's his job. He does a good job at what he does, even though, even though he's, well, I'm not, you know. So what happened? 1987, Rex Humbard, who I always respected, you know why? He had more people saved per capita in his massive altar calls than I'd ever seen in my life. Two people, Rex Humbard and Lowell Lundstrom. When Lowell became a pastor, I, I, I would every year go there and do a Holy Spirit uh, uh, rally for him because he said, I don't want a regular church. I want a spirit-filled church. But Rex came, dedicated our church, and we kind of hit it off. I was nervous, you know, because I'd watch him on television, the cathedral tomorrow. But he was the warmest Easiest guy to work with. Liz, Liz came with him. Liz Darling, his daughter. Maud Amy couldn't make it, but but we'd get anniversary cards from Rex and Maud Amy. My daughter would get birthday cards from from Liz Humbard or Darling, Liz Darling, because they shared the same birthday, October first. And and one day Rex just popped in. You know, he'd call me from time to time. Dave, I'm gonna be in Michigan. You wanna do some eating? I'm visiting my brother-in-law, Wayne. He's bald now, you know. You know, <laughs> I'd get all the latest, <laughs> get the latest information. He, he came into my office and he said, Dave, I'm going to get down on my knees here and I'm going to lay my hands on you. He said, I got something to impart to you and I've got a word for you. He knelt down, he laid his hands on me and he started praying and he was putting, the way I understand impartation, and I don't understand it very well, is something that you have. If you choose, you can impart it. You're not transferring it, because you're not losing it, but you're imparting it to somebody. And he imparted that to me. And then he prayed a prayer that, God would keep me sweet to all my critics. And whenever you're doing something for God, you will have critics. Now, when I'd give altar calls, I started giving altar calls. Now, whereas 30 people would come before, now 90 people were coming. It was an impartation. Oh my! And you know what I used to do? Church started at 11 when, when I'm, I'm coming up. 10.30, Oral Roberts was on. So I'd have to set my tape recorder to start so I could record Oral Roberts while I'm, and I'm not talking about VHS, I'm talking about a cassette tape recorder. So I'd record Oral, and I'd listen to all of his messages. And I really, I really respected the man. Well, Harry Salem is his vice president, you know, Cheryl and Harry. Harry called me and said, Dave, Oral wants to meet you. I said, what? 
He wants to meet you. He read a couple of your books, and he wants to meet you. Did you meet Oral? People always told me what a gracious, sweet man he was. So he said, you, you better come soon because he's 88. He lived another four years, but he's, he's 88. He wants to meet you. So Mary Jo and I hopped on a plane. We went out to Newport Beach where Oral was living at that time. And we drove over to his place. And I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. I am. I just am nervous. Do you ever get that way? You you don't know why you think. Oh boy, he's gonna see every sin I've ever committed. He's gonna know this. He's he walks in the spirit so strong. Oh God, don't tell him of that. <laughs> I think everybody feels that way. Kind of. And we here's this tall, stately man. We walked in and. I thought, sure, he was going to say, something good is going to happen to you. <laughs> but I, I was so nervous, I just talked. And we sat down for a whole, uh, all afternoon. Laurel says, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've been having this problem with my blood pressure. He said, they can't seem to regulate it right. He said, Dave, would you pray for me? Who am I to pray for Oral Roberts? He prayed for 1.5 million people personally and led in his crusades and, and campaign. 30 million people came to Jesus through this man's ministry and he wants me to pray for him. I, oh. Well, I remember he's sitting in the chair and I walked over. I didn't want to disappoint him, so I put my hands on his head. And I said, Oral Roberts, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I come against everything that's come against you that is unlike God and unlike him. I'm trying to think of the way he did it, you know. Unlike God and unlike heaven. And, and he started to shake, and, and he jerked his head back. And he kept telling Harry, there was something about that prayer. Harry. He kept talking about that prayer for months, Harry told me. And then, and then uh, he said, now is there anything I can pray with you about, to pray for you about me? And he sat back in his chair and I said, yeah. I said, I've been going through some, uh, just, you know, an attack. Would you pray, and I quoted a scripture. Would you pray that I'd be delivered from wicked and unreasonable people? And he said, <laughs> He said, well, I can pray it, but it ain't never going to happen. I said, oh, man of faith. <laughs> I said, he would know. <laughs> I kid you not. I was like, did you go to charismatic Bible ministries? Oral was talking about a time a lady brought a baby that was blue up to him. And uh, he prayed for the baby, and the baby began to breathe, and she was so happy. And, and he just, in, ca in passing, said, I hope during the millennium they let me be the mayor of Tulsa, because I'll fix some things around here. I got back to my hotel and turned on the news. Controversial Oral Roberts is, Evangelist Oral Roberts is at it again. Now he claims he can raise the dead, and when he returns with Jesus Christ, he's going to be in charge of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Totally twisted everything he said. 
So he prayed, and while he was praying, it was like, if, if I'm going too long or if, if I'm being dishonorable sharing this with you, you just say, shut up, Dave, be quiet, that's okay, it's okay. But it, it felt like, as he was praying for me, it was like a tornado. And, you know, I'm one of those kind of guys that used to wear a pinstripe suit. You know, and nobody could, all visions. All visions, vision, vision. Because I only met the kooks before. But now I'm having something like a vision or some sort of gift. It's like a tornado starts spinning in Oral's living room. And it started coming through me. And it came in me. And this tornado was, I, I couldn't say what it was. I could just describe it as like an inner tornado, not turmoil. It wasn't evil. Well, I got back uh, to Lansing and told my staff and our board what had happened and the Lord said I want you to impart to them so I laid hands on every one of my staff members in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus just quick board members, elders, deacons I told them what happened I laid my hands on them and that Sunday night we decided we're having a healing service and I said, I want, I want the deacons and the elders to be the main people that minister to the sick tonight. We got one deacon that had never prayed for the sick. Can you believe that? He's a deacon. He never prayed for the sick. He, he does other practical things, but he never prayed for the sick. And I said, I said, tonight you're praying for the sick. Well, you know, I've never, never done that. Well, tonight you're going to do it. Rick. After service, we find out the first two people he ministered to were, were miraculously healed. He came running back to me and he said, that Oral Roberts thing really works. <laughs> it was an impartation. And you know what? There's an impartation for you here today. I've had many people, wonderful people that have prayed for me laid hands on me. I still carry handkerchiefs that were prayed for by, by Brother Roberts. I've got Steve Hill in my pocket with me right now. I've got, yeah, even though he's in heaven, and I've got uh, uh, many, many people that have prayed over handkerchiefs that I didn't ask them for it. Other people got them for me, and I say, I, I treat them with honor. I treat them with honor, and I say, I have an impartation from these folks. And I carry them. And right now, would you stand to your feet? Lift your, lift your hands to heaven. And say, Lord, I want to be a huyos. Have your character. Talk like you. Act like you speak like you, and think like you. Lead me by your spirit. Today by faith,
I receive a fresh impartation from the Holy Spirit right now for marvels, for miracles, for wonders, for extreme advancement and great expansion. In the name of Jesus, I call it forth in my life. Amen. Amen. Amen.